Getting hitched? There's a podcast for that, and you're listening to it. The Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the number one podcast about all things wedding-y. Save the Date is hosted by comedian, author, and all-around wedding lover, Alicia McCormack. It is so lovely. This is, I'm going to say this is going to sound dirty, but this is my very first three-way on uh, the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. Today, we are talking all about destination weddings. Like Enya... Sometimes we all just want to sail away, sail away. I'm probably going to get sued for just even singing that little bit here. I know when Rich and I were planning our wedding, we considered doing just that, just packing up our glad rags and heading somewhere warm, somewhere tropical where people wear those lovely flowers in their hair and, and floral sort of skirts and you drink cocktails. Now, we didn't do that, but we really considered it. So today... I would like to welcome a very lovely Save the Date podcast welcome to Megan and Rebecca from DestinationWeddings.com. Welcome, ladies. Thank Thank you. you. We're happy to be here. Oh, (laughs) I am delighted to have you on. Now, we're going to tentatively call this episode Five Reasons to Run Away to Your Wedding. And I couldn't think of anything better. I'm sitting in London at the moment. It's cold and miserable. I know you ladies are in New York in the snow. It's pretty. It's a pretty good option, isn't it, to just take off somewhere warm? It is. We're sitting here looking out the window at the snow and just wishing we were at some of the destinations <laughs> where we're sending our couples right now. <laughs> it must be really – I always think about people working in the travel industry. It must be a little bit of a tease in a way. You're looking at all these amazing resorts and then you are sitting in an office. We, we are. If you could see the background of our office, it's actually a panoramic picture of a beautiful beach with a wedding set up. So sometimes <laughs> – oh. I don't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tease, but you know, I'm sure you get to go and visit and check out uh, some of these amazing places. So we do. you we do? do. Yes, occasionally we do. So as much as we can. Well, you've got to do market research. I'm all up for that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, can you describe what you guys do on a daily basis? And then we'll get into how to even think about considering planning this sort of amazing event. So on a daily basis, um, we work here in corporate. We're actually right outside of Boston, and we have. Oh, sorry, I said New York, and you're in Boston. (laughs) No, no, it's from New York, so it's relatively close. Yes. (laughs) Well, yeah. In an Australian perspective, you're basically next door from where we are. Exactly, exactly. exactly. (laughs) Um, And we have um, destination wedding specialists that work all over the country and Canada, and every day we help um, lots and lots of couples, um, whether they're just finding our site or in the middle of planning their wedding or on their way off to get married. Um, We help them through the whole process of getting their whole group to an amazing island or city or resort um, and, you know, planning their perfect wedding package, um, planning excursions throughout the weekend while they're away with their group. Um, So we help them through, you know, the whole process. Who do you think are... considering going away and doing this? Because I often think about the destination wedding as something, as a bit of an, obviously, a physical escape, but also an escape from perhaps the stress of having to organize a wedding on home turf. Who are these people that are actually making the choice to do this? Well, we see people all across the board. We we definitely see a lot of millennials in that kind of younger age category. Um, for them, 
they've seen destination weddings as they were growing up, so it's not as kind of new of a concept to them. Mm. Um, and we also have a, a good kind of customer base that are a little bit older, whether they're um, doing vow renewals or second weddings, maybe someone that had their first wedding in the traditional sense at home and they just want to get away to a beach for their for their second wedding. Um, and we also help couples with their anniversaries abroad as well and family reunions and other celebrations. So we kind of see customers across the board. That's interesting you said about the millennials because I was reading an, a, an article this morning about how the wedding industry is going to change with this sort of new group of young people who are willing to, I suppose, and I, I'm not saying take a risk, but they want to do something different. So I suppose that really does fall into the destination wedding category of going, oh, bugger this, we're going to go away. We're not going to stick in our local a community. We're going to go and do something exciting. Yeah, absolutely. We think that, you know, there used to be this misconception probably that, Destination weddings were just this kind of cookie cutter beach wedding um, where all the wedding packages and ceremonies were very similar. But mm-hmm. for couples that want to do something different, they can also really customize their wedding. We're seeing more, you know, custom decor, favors, um, welcome bags, um, different kind of programs, writing their own vows. Um, so we're seeing a lot of our couple's personality and love story and backgrounds kind of finding its way um, into integration into their wedding. So it's really fun to see how the market's diversifying. And there's also opportunities for couples that are more traditional, that um, couples that perhaps want to still have a religious ceremony or different areas have chapels. There's Jewish ceremonies that hotels can do if people want to be. And there's we're actually seeing a large growth of people now that want to have the traditional Indian or South Asian weddings. Ah. And a fair amount of people, you know, are very you know, interested in, the, in making sure that the environment is safe when they're they're planning their wedding and there's a lot of green weddings or eco-friendly. Yes. That can be planned. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a very good point you make because I think that's a, a big factor now. I think a lot of people are aware of, of not only budget but also what their wedding is going to be doing to the environment. There's a lot of waste right. attached to weddings. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Very good point. Now, we go back to personalizing a wedding day. And as you said, there was that in my mind, and of course, in my intro, I talk about, and maybe it's just my want for, for my Australian need for sun, but uh, we talk about these sort of beachy weddings. And, and like you said, that it, it can feel a little, oh gosh, it's, I hate to say cookie cutter because I love the idea of standing on a beach in the sun with my friends surrounded by lovely trees and things. But there are other options. It's not just beach weddings, is it? Right. I mean, even if our couples go to tropical kind of areas, they can still have a rooftop terrace wedding at their hotel. There's gardens and gazebo type ceremony um, areas. We even see vineyards um, in Italy. You know, we, we can plan weddings around the world. So we see different trends that are not just kind of walking down your aisle um, through the sand. <laughs> yeah. Why Why should we choose to go away and not just stay in the safety and comfort of our local area? Well, there's so many reasons. First <laughs> of all, you can choose anywhere you'd like to go. So you can make a vacation and almost a reunion out of it. Mm. Um, it gives you a whole trip with your friends and family where you can have photography that spans the whole weekend. So you have all these amazing memories and excursions that you can combine with the overall wedding experience. Um, and one thing a lot of people also don't realize is that you can also really save money doing destination weddings. Oh, because do tell. Do tell. I love hearing that. Sure. Well, um, in some instances or quite a few instances, many of destination areas have either complimentary or um, weddings that actually are bundled and have all of the things together in one place. And in addition to 
saving money. Um, you can also, you're getting to spend more quality time instead of four to five hours with your wedding guests. You get to spend in some instances four to five days. Right. So often if you're bringing, bringing a big group to the hotel, you can even get your whole wedding package and the dinner Included, and everything right. free. So then you're really only paying for your ticket. Of course, if you're one of those people that pays for your, all of your family and friends and all their plane tickets, you might, then you may not you be know. saving money, but <laughs> yeah, but it's really up to you. Right. So. Destination weddings can help eliminate some of the stress. I know a lot of brides-to-be are just worried for months in advance of their wedding of who's going to come, who maybe isn't going to get along, yes. or are the napkins going to match the bridesmaid dresses or whatever, you know, happens leading up to a wedding. Um, I think we've all been through it. So, you know, you can definitely have a smaller, more intimate wedding abroad. Um, we do also see that some of our couples are starting to have larger weddings as well. As Megan said, especially with the Hindu um, and Indian weddings, we see larger groups because the resorts are really accommodating all of the ceremonies and events that um, lead up to and follow. But we do see that freedom to kind of have a smaller wedding if that's what you choose by going abroad. And I think that really makes couples happier and, and relieves some of the stress and just feels a little more, bit more natural. Let's talk about etiquette. When it comes to planning a wedding abroad, what is the timeline? How do we how do we talk to our guests about this? Because sometimes it can be a big commitment to ask your guests to spend the money to go afar to celebrate. So how would you go about planning this and, and talking to your future guests about this option? Sure. So we, we tend to recommend to our guests to start planning nine to 15 months in advance, ideally. And you want to send out save the dates. They're a little bit different than your usual wedding save the dates at home because they would have a lot more information about the travel plans and the date and the resort and um, the travel agent or wedding specialist that you're working with to get there. So the save the dates should really go out earlier and give as much information as possible Mm -hmm. to allow your guests the freedom to, you know, take off work or plan a family trip um, around your wedding. But at the same time, you can also decide two months in advance that you just want to elope to an island with your fiance and and 10 closest friends and and family. Um, So even if you don't follow the perfect etiquette, there's people to help you make it happen and make your wedding day really special. I love that you mentioned elopement. I think that is something that a lot of couples dream of doing. Usually a couple of months out of the wedding going, what the hell are we doing? We should have just gotten on a plane somewhere. I have felt that personally. (laughs) And I think we probably do see that. Sometimes you can tell from, even just from the tone of some people that write into um, to us to ask for help. You know, I've been planning this wedding for a while, but we just want to run off to an island. What can you do for me? And it's fun to see those emails come in and know that we can help. So how do you help? If I wrote to you in desperate need saying, look, I was planning this big wedding and now I don't want the stress. We're going to take off. How quickly can you turn around a wedding? Oh, well, I mean, we, we plan weddings with just a few short weeks um, in advance. And definitely what we would do immediately is ask you, start asking questions and start helping you determine where you would want to go. Ask you the proper questions of, you know, what kind of destination are you looking for? What kind of wedding are you looking for? And we would very quickly you know, speak with all of our partners to make sure that we could get everything settled very quickly. And it can be turned around very quickly. The hotels and the destinations that we work with are extremely professional. They have very good people that actually work at the hotels on the wedding side to make sure that everything is planned correctly. And so if you have a year, that's great. If you have two months or a month, we can make sure that your day is very special. Oh, I think that'd be really fun just to just say, let's go. Let's make it happen. Be exciting. (laughs) Exactly. It is. 
So what are some of the hot spots? Where would you recommend if couples are considering, and I've got a lot of listeners in the US, but then I've also got my lovely Aussie people and my European people. So I suppose this is quite a broad question, but what are some of the hot spots? What are some of the trendy places? And they're not so mainstream places. That's what really interests me as well. Right. Um, we've seen quite a bit of increase in business in some of our um, Caribbean destinations, such as Curacao, Puerto Rico, and St. Lucia. Mm. But we've also seen an increase in interest in South Africa, Costa Rica. Um, we've had a, a growing people that are interested in Tahiti and that area. Um, and, and also Europe. Europe is really growing. Like Rebecca had said earlier, there's a, a more interest in a vineyard or a you know, castle type. Yeah. And they're real, and they're real castles too over here. (laughs) Exactly. I sometimes look around if we tool around Europe a bit, you know, and as Australians, our oldest buildings are, are, you know, just 200 years old. It's not very, we're a very new country, the Aussies, but in Europe, I sometimes look around and go, Oh my goodness, this is not a facade. This building has been here for 900 years. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. If I could turn around and redo it, I might just, drag my husband off to Sydney to get married. And it's my favorite city in the world. So. Is it? Well, look, it we, is. we've got a lot of landmarks to have your photos against. Exactly. My office is here. Actually, my office here is decorated with a picture of Sydney um, in my background. So Always sunny in Sydney, except when you say it's always sunny in Sydney. And then it rains. That betrays you. Exactly. <laughs> you are listening to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. My lovely guests are Megan and Rebecca from DestinationWeddings.com. There will be more of sun, surf, and good times after this. I'll be heading back to the interview very shortly, but I just wanted to play you a bit of a clip. I went to a bridal show recently and I met a guy called Gary and he was there with his dad and his mate Dan. And uh, I thought my little quick interview was very relevant to this episode. I I caught you because I saw you don't often see a pack of men just wandering in a bridal show. No. How do you feel about being here today? Uh, Okay, why? What? (laughs) That was, I'm not going to bite you, I promise. (laughs) Tell me about the wedding. When's it happening? What's the deal? So we're looking at May next year, and we're looking at going to Mexico. A destination. Why? Why not? Gary's a Why? smart talker. Oh, well... What's the connection to Mexico? Uh, there isn't. We wanted to kind of cut some of the family out. What do you think about that, Dad? I'm not going. <laughs> really? <laughs> Hang on a second. Dad, why? No, I'm going, yeah. Oh, bloody hell, I got really panicked then. <laughs> You're a big family. Yeah, big family. Don't see them, and they will probably turn up for free food and booze. See, now this is interesting. I did an episode recently on my podcast about this, about obligation guests, and how we all sort of feel obliged to go. Oh, I haven't seen my second cousin in four years, but oh, better because they invited me. I think it's bullshit. Yeah, it's bullshit. It's going to be great. Two weeks away. People that want to be there will be there. How does it all work? So we've given them like over a year's notice to save the date, and then we're going through the hotel phase at the moment. What are you paying for and what are they paying for? So I'm paying for the wedding, the actual ceremony and everything, and my trip out there. Everyone else pays for their own trips. I think that's really fair. What do you think, Dad? Yeah, it's fine. You get a holiday? Yeah. You see somewhere nice, drink some cocktails? Are you organising other stuff for people to do or it's just turn up, party, have a holiday? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I want to come to this thing. Yeah. Well, can't bring the second cousin, can't bring the strange podcast host. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just pay for you otherwise. Now tell, yeah, you will, that's true. I'm media, I'm press pass. Let's come in to cover it all. What is, what's the most unique thing you're bringing to this day? Why is your wedding different to other people's? 
or maybe it's not. And I want to ask a loaded question. Oh, I'll be there. Oh. And it's all about me and the missus. It's you. Yeah. Casual, smart, casual, relaxed, chilled, nothing too formal. Have you been to Mexico before? Yeah. That's where I've done the deed. Well, let's explain what that means to our American listeners. When he's saying, I've done the deed, you mean you proposed? Yeah, pop the question. <laughs> That's the deed, right? How do you pronounce it? What, what do you call it? I would have said pop the question, but I love done the deed. Yeah, there you, go. you learn something every day, didn't you? They were so hilarious. I really enjoyed my time with them. And uh, they wandered around. They, they had all these show bags. And at the end of the interview, Gary you know, rifled through this show bag and he gave me some free nail polish, which I am wearing today. Isn't that funny? There it is. Thanks very much for your time, Gary, and I hope you have a fabulous time in Mexico. And that's exactly the thing. Him and his partner, I didn't catch her name, I'm so sorry, but Gary and his wife-to-be have said, no, bugger it, we want to take off, we don't want to have to deal with all that sort of extra faff that comes along, which some people really enjoy, but their personal choice was we'd rather go and have a lovely holiday. So it was really nice hearing that sort of attitude. He was quite honest and open, because he can be. He's like that, he's a bloke. A lad, as they would say in England. Now, if you have a theme or a topic or something you wish me to talk about, please do get in touch. I listen to you. I promise I do. I try and, well, no, I don't try. I do reply to all of my emails and messages, whether it's through the Facebook group or you send me a personal email. I get in touch and I try and put your plans into motion. For example, a few months ago, I received an email saying, please stop beeping the swearing. And I did that and I'm happy because it's less work for me. And that annoying noise, I know, it gives me the shits. There you go. I didn't see I didn't beep shits because I don't have to. Because as my lovely listener said, we're all adults. Move on with your life. So if you do have a topic or something that you're stumped on, and it doesn't have to just be a Q&A question, although I love receiving those. I've got a, a huge backlog of wonderful questions from you. But if you have something you want me to talk about, get in touch, visit savethedatepodcast.com and uh, follow all the links, the various things, you know how to get, work your way around a website or tweet me at savethedatepc is the uh, Twitter. Got a lot of followers. I love hearing from new brides and grooms as well. And the Facebook group is somewhere I like to post different sort of info. I really follow a lot of wedding bloggers and um, wedding pages, so I try and collate and curate some of the best stuff there. So if you want to follow me, just uh, put into the old Facebook search, Save the Date Wedding Podcast, and you will find me. Okay, back to the interview with Rebecca and Megan from DestinationWeddings.com. Now, I am always keen to talk about gay weddings and how amazing they are and welcoming our new people to the wedding industry because I think a lot of uh, a lot of vendors are missing a trick here what do you reckon ladies we agree we we plan um gay destination weddings around the world as well and we have a amazing time doing it and you know there's um certain areas that are more um lgbt friendly than others mm-hmm. um so we make sure to help educate our customers on that but we we kind of love supporting this trend. We are definitely seeing growth in, in um, different cities in Europe. Barcelona is one of them, a very popular city. And there's also some domestic areas now in the United States that have opened up Florida as a big um, destination now that um, that same-sex weddings or same-sex unions are now legal there yep. um, as well. And, and, and they are in, I think, either 34 or 35 states now in the United States. So that, that has opened that up as well. Um, Costa Rica is extremely gay-friendly area of the world, and um, there's been some great weddings there. Also done some gay weddings in Iceland. Oh, um, which is, I love it, with the Northern yeah. Lights. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. 
Oh so, my goodness. See, that, yeah. now, that's a really good point you make there, that it doesn't have to be, that's what I mean about these sort of finding these amazing, probably not necessarily traditional places that you would take off to get hitched, but the Northern Lights, I mean, how magical would that be to, to get married in Iceland is so forward thinking and trendy. I can't imagine. I just look at the pictures and it's probably my top choice of the next place to go. Right, so exactly. Hopefully we'll get there as well. <laughs> list for, the, for the next year or so to try to get over. So now we can just look at other people's wedding pictures. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's torture. Now, and, and talking about um, the LGBT weddings, what are the differences? And, and I, I, I've been reading and I'm, I am doing a, a gay wedding specific episode coming up, but I, I wanted to talk about the differences in new traditions basically i think it's an opportunity for for the whole community to say hey we're going to do it our way what are some of the differences you've been seeing or or not i don't know that it's really differences as far as the way that their weddings are planned but you know there are certain things that you have to look out for um we often do see and this happens with all of our couples at times where they have to have their legal wedding near home potentially and then do kind of their symbolic ceremony and their big celebration abroad Mm -hmm. so you just have to and we can help our couples through this but you just have to look into the the rules where you go to have your um destination wedding and just figure out if you want to actually or if you're able to actually have your legal ceremony there versus at home first is it possible to secure deals if you are booking, for example, 20 airfares? Can you save money doing that or is it not worth approaching airlines for those sort of uh, specials? Certainly, yes. We have, there's many, many of our hotel partners, not particularly airfare portion of it, but definitely the hotel portion. There's oftentimes with a, with a certain number of rooms, but there's a free room or at some point you get upgrades and um, various value adds that get added is the larger the group. That's good. So it's good to to have the negotiation shoes on when you're doing this sort of booking. Right. Mm-hmm. So we encourage people to book the you know the group as an entire group rather than people just trying to get rooms as they come in because they're going to be missing out on a lot of the benefits of, of booking as a group. So when we are choosing to plan a destination wedding, one of the questions I've been asked, and I'm sure you've been asked this a lot too, is the idea about a wedding planner. You've got to have a wedding planner. You've got to have someone to put it all together because doing it from afar can be pretty difficult, I can imagine. Is this something that you organize or is it the venue? How does it all work? We all kind of work together. So our wedding specialists will help um, our wedding couple and their groups all get to the resort, do all of their travel planning. And of course, we also help our couples choose the resort and the destination they're going to and um, their ideal wedding package and kind of work with their budget and their preferences to make that happen. Um, But then our hotels and resort partners have their own wedding departments on site and um, kind of day of wedding planners that help with all the specifics, you know, the, the napkin color, the exact menu. And of course, these planners work at those resorts and work on weddings there every day. So they're the perfect expert for that resort to make um, all of your planning a lot easier. And, you know, there is uh, one of the other reasons it's um, at times easier to have a destination wedding is because your resort can offer you preferred vendors as far as photographers or DJs or whatever else is um, often part of all the moving pieces that you have to pull together yourself if you're getting married at home. So um, it just kind of makes it all easier to, to all get pulled together um, with one set of vendors, with one resort um, and destination. I think it just takes that that pressure off you having to think about all that stuff, especially if that's not really if you're not really detail oriented or that's not really what interests you, I, right. I really think that's a, a wonderful way just to say, 
this is important. The union, the actual marriage and the celebration is important, but we don't want to get bogged down with all these sort of minute details. Do you right. find that your clients and people that contact you are those sort of people that just want to sort of palm off a bit of that stress to other people? I think that's one of the reasons why people would want a destination wedding is because they kind of, they want, they know what they want in as much as where they know where they want to go. And then with all of the smaller details, it's easier for them to have assistance to get it, to, to have somebody else have the worry of making sure everything is done exactly perfect, perfectly and without having to worry about it, you know, waking up in the middle of the night wondering if something was done or the flowers were correct or anything like that. I hate the wake up. <laughs> exactly. And I think most of my listeners will go, oh, I know that wake up, that awful, awful moment when you go, oh, have I booked that? Has it gone? Oh. Right. And, you know, for our couples that are potentially really detail-oriented or really care about certain aspects like the welcome bags for their guests or um, things like that, they can really concentrate on that because the stress is off as far as the rest of the wedding planning. Right. Or, you know, they can balance it exact and customize it as as they choose. So, And there's nothing wrong with saying you could ship in a whole lot of Etsy stuff if you want to, you know, decorate and do that sort of stuff yourself too, can't you? There are people that ship things and certainly that's acceptable and the hotel will have a place to store it or be able to help them with that. Or there's certain, depending on how big the gifts are, mm-hmm. the gift bags, there's um, certainly like wedding parties or brides and grooms can bring things in their suitcases as well. If it's not a huge amount or if it's not extremely bulky or big, there's that that does happen quite a bit. Speaking of bringing things along, I was just thinking, you know, we do tend to see mostly kind of on-site or local vendors involved in the weddings. But we're also starting to see a slight trend towards um, some couples if they do really love vendors from home. For example, if they have a photographer they've worked with at previous events or with their family. Um, they'll bring them over for the excursion along with them and to, to shoot their wedding. It's, it's interesting to see some people, um, certain things from home or, or customizable aspects of their wedding. They're really doing whatever works for them. So if, if you don't want to pay attention to all the details, it can all be set up for you. Or if you want to bring more from home or even bring your favorite vendors, you can do that as well. I spoke with a man recently, uh, and you mentioned Asian weddings and how huge they can sometimes be. And he was a form, he was a groom. He got married last year and he said they had part of their wedding in India and then they came back to the UK to have their sort of Western version of the wedding. Now his wife, and this really, I, I think it's interesting to see the difference in cultures. They flew a makeup artist from the UK to India because she liked her makeup done a certain way. And I was like, crikey, that's a lot of money, but. <laughs> they had the cash and it was important to her and uh, she was really happy. And, of course, the ceremony, you know, that was three or four days of, of celebrations they were having in India. But I, it's just interesting to see what's important to people. And like you said, photography is a really big part of the day. And if you find someone you really like, maybe that's a worthwhile investment. Right. And, you know, like we said, it's not only just part of the day. It's, it's a very important part of the day, but it can be part of your entire excursion. You can have, you can leave your vacation with a full weeks or weekends worth of photographs from, you know, like we said, a catamaran cruise or from hiking in a jungle or. Along with the more formal images from the wedding itself. Exactly. Or the reception. And just with with the really beautiful exotic backgrounds that you find yourself in because you're in a destination. That's nice too, because I think, as you said at the beginning, Rebecca, um, that it isn't weddings are traditionally sort of a six hour party and then everyone gets back on the bus and goes home. So the idea that you can extend it and actually get to talk to your guests and spend some genuine, um, time with them is, 
pretty nice. I think you hear from a lot of brides, um, a lot of my friends, certainly, you kind of turn around at the end of your wedding night and realize you've barely seen people and people did fly in. Even if your wedding was near home, a lot of people did fly in and you barely got to taste your food or have a glass of champagne and you're just so busy running around the whole time. So it's nice to have that drawn out time with all the people that are close to you. I will say we had, and this wasn't a big destination, and I've talked about this on the podcast as well, we had a we hired a private house that was sort of an hour out of Melbourne and invited all our sort of close friends, well, there were about 15 close friends that came and helped us set up, um, and we spent the day before, we say as sort of friendly slaves is how we treated our friends, but <laughs> it was really nice because it brought together lots of different and, you know, Seinfeld term here, worlds collide, of friends that knew of each other but weren't connected. And we spent that time together and they got to know each other. And then when it came to the actual wedding day, everyone sort of was already acquainted and had that good vibe. So I can absolutely see how the same thing would happen with a destination wedding if you have some pre-wedding uh, events and celebrations or lying on a beach or going skiing together or whatever. It could actually make the wedding day more authentic for everyone because they're all hanging out are familiar with right. each other and have gotten to know each other. Absolutely. Right. We actually just did a, a little fun little social media contest for St. Patrick's Day and our fans and customers told us why they were luckily ever after or lucky in love kind of on that, you know, theme of the four leaf clover. And um, one of the people that wrote in said that she was at a friend's destination wedding and fell in love there and is now oh. married to the man that at, she had her own destination wedding oh. married to she got a friend so see there yes. you go have a destination wedding for your single friends and they can hook up exactly. in a tropical location <laughs> it's a good single mixer you know yeah i think that's a really nice uh that's a really nice gesture for your friends exactly <laughs> if you had to get married tomorrow where and it was a destination where would you go i already said sydney but i think that i would also and, and this might not be the most exotic but i'm just dying to go to costa rica and you know, zip line through the jungle the day before, maybe, and have a wedding on the beach. And, you know, who knows? Take surfing lessons that week as well. <laughs> oh, that'd be so fun. I love the surfing lessons. I went in Byron Bay last year, and Rich and I did it at our friend's wedding. We went the, the morning before her wedding, and we're like, we're going to have a surf lesson. And we laughed and had the best time. It was, I can't wait to do it again. Actually, I probably, there's so many places to go, but I would probably want to go somewhere in the Caribbean and probably to St. Bart's. Mm. and then make sure that my honeymoon was a yacht afterwards to go kind of all over that area, St. Martin, Anguilla, all of those other islands in that area for the next week after. Well, let's book that. We'll all be coming along. It sounds amazing. <laughs> well, Everyone's invited. We're <laughs> crashing your wedding party. <laughs> <laughs> well, and my, my destination of choice would be the Cook Islands. Oh, oh yes. There, that's so lovely. We I actually went there on the way home from Australia, and that movie Castaway had just come out. So ah. we just for on screen on the big map after. <laughs> oh. Oh, I, I had I shot some TV there a few years ago, and it was just a magical place that wasn't. Well, it was. It's a very small sort of community, and I just love that sort of atmosphere of very laid back. And one thing that made us laugh because we were trying to stick to our very strict TV shooting schedule, and we had all our paper and our times, and the people, the tourism people, laughed, and they're like, "Yeah, we do everything on Cook Island time, so that's not <laughs> going to happen." And I thought, "All right, I'm going to fit in here really well." So, which one did you go to? I went to. Well, we went to Rarotonga, the main island, and then we were very lucky to be able to fly to. Ida Tucky, uh, which is 
just this very small um, island with a big lagoon. And what I loved about the Cook Islands is the lagoons are, well, they're atolls, so they're completely safe. You know, I'm always scared. As an Australian, you're always scared of being eaten by sharks mm-hmm. or yes. stung by something. <laughs> and the, in, in the lagoon, you know, it was just uh, beautiful, clear water and no nasty. So I really let loose there. <laughs> that does. If you are considering booking a destination wedding, I'm uh, assuming you can visit destinationweddings.com for more information. Is that right, ladies? That is right. You can um, either visit destinationweddings.com or gaydestinationweddings.com. And if you're all ready to start the process of booking your wedding, you can go to the Get Started button there and create a profile and we will start the process of matching you with your personal destination wedding specialist. And if you just want to ask a few questions first and aren't quite ready to get started, you can just go to the contact us page on our site and send us an email and our customer services team will get right back to you. Sounds fabulous. Well, I uh, will go and peruse some more enviable places that you may or may not be visiting this year as employees there. I think it sounds like a fantastic job. I think it is. We're very lucky. (laughs) And I thank you so much for the time. And I hope that we have inspired some listeners to throw away the shackles of normal weddings and perhaps (laughs) take a bit of a trip and have a holiday and get a tan. Oh, I miss having a tan. We do too. too. (laughs) It was lovely speaking with you. Yes, thank you so much. My pleasure. Until we next meet, in an audio sort of sense, I wish you well. I hope you have a great week and uh, please do stay in touch. Keep me up to date. Tweet me, all that sort of stuff. I love hearing from you so very much. It really makes all this, um, I wasn't going to say it makes it all worthwhile, but to be honest, it's a very solo sort of situation doing a podcast. And when I hear from you, I go, oh my gosh. There are lots of people out there listening and they care and that's really nice. So thank you so much again to all the people that get in touch and leave nice little reviews, especially on iTunes. If you have time to just write a quick couple of words and give me a five-star rating, if you think I deserve it, no pressure. That would be much appreciated. All you have to do is go to iTunes and follow the links on the left-hand side. It says ratings and reviews. Click on it and a little box comes up and hey, presto, you can do it. It really uh, gives me a little bit of a boost and makes me a bit more searchable so other brides and grooms who are planning their weddings can find the podcast and we can spread the word. So thank you so much again. Have a fabulous week. Until next time, happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.